0: So tonight, I'm bringing you a little something from James 4. Um, Another tense subject, as James likes to put before us. (laughs) So if I step on your toes, I'm sorry. If I get up in your cornflakes, I'm sorry. We can pour some sugar on them later. Um, But tonight, we're going to talk about judgmentalism and I'm coming to you from James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 in the Passion Translation. I like the Passion Translation because, as the title says, it's passionate. It's pretty raw, it's pretty real, it's pretty up in your cornflakes. Um, and what I like about the way these writers um, put, put the Word of God out there um, they don't really mess around. They don't leave any gray areas. They don't leave anything to reason or to contemplate. What, what was that trying to say to me? It's, it's kind of reeling in your face. And I think that's what James was trying to do. So I think James is, is very good um, portrayed from the Passion Translation. So verse 11 says, Dear friends, as a part of God's family, never speak against another family member. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. And your duty is not to make yourself a judge of the law of love by saying that it doesn't apply to you, but your duty is to obey it. There is only one true lawgiver and judge, the one who has the power to save and destroy. So who do you think you are to judge your neighbor? Who do you think you are? We're all family here, right? All of us. Right? We're one church family. We might not be blood-related, but we share a lot of the same goals, beliefs, desires. And when you're in a family, things get pretty real, right? We tell each other we love each other. Sometimes we say things to one another that maybe we shouldn't have said. Maybe we passed a little judgment on somebody based upon insert the blank, whatever it is. And when we get in those moments, I think we get wrapped up in our feelings. And in those feelings, we start to express from what's within. Whether that be someone spoke something over us. Whether that be we had an encounter with something along our walk whether it be we experienced um, something that defined us. And when you're in a family, it's easy to unpack those things and share them with each other. And when we're in this family and we and we, we become real with each other, and we unpack our innermost feelings, our innermost thoughts as we go deeper and deeper with each other, we discover that maybe that person may or may not know what true love is, right? I think it's easy for people to say, love you. Oh, I love you. But you just say it in passing, right? So I'm going to ask you, because this is something I had to ask myself a while back. How do you know what love is if you don't love yourself first, how can you love someone if you don't love yourself first? If this building were to be on fire right now and I'm, I'm overcome with smoke inhalation, how can I go in to save any of y'all? If I'm not healthy, how can I guarantee your health? So if I don't know what love is for myself, how can I possibly know how to love you? God's law of love gives us a more practical way to live out the 10 commandments. Right? How can how can you how can you go on with honoring your father and mother if you don't love? How can you not steal if you don't love that person? How do you how do you How do you even get past contemplating how to abide in any of those Ten Commandments or any other thing if love is not there first? That's why God's royal law of love is precedent over the rest of the Ten Commandments. See, it sets us free, right? Jesus came to set us free. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to set us free from the law, okay, it's not that the law doesn't matter. It's not that the rest of the Ten Commandments don't matter. It's just that if you abide in this, this simpler way, this, this radical change, then the rest of them just fall in line. If you just focus on him first in, this, in the simplistic way he brought things, right? Because we overcomplicate things. We start inserting our own opinions. We start inserting our own ways of thinking of, of oh, I think it should go this way. And, and, and maybe, if we, um, maybe if we did this, it would make things a little bit better. Or, or I like the way he or she did this. Maybe it would be a little better that way. That's how religion gets developed. Religion gets developed from going through dead motions just trying to achieve the next thing without having a real... Love there first. See, if you're not passionate about something, how, how, can, how can you begin to develop a love? Right? So, the law of love sets us free from the legalistic and the ritualistic side or the approach to the Ten Commandments. So, Matthew. Chapter 12, verses 36 through 37 says, You can be sure of this. When the day of judgment comes, everyone will be held accountable for every careless word he has spoken. Your very words will be used as evidence against you, and your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. That's heavy. That's heavy. I'd hate to think, even though God's word says so, I'd hate to imagine the ignorant things that I've said, the hateful things that I've said. It's easy to focus on, on the loving things, the kind things, the things that, that bring about life. It's easy to remember those things. But maybe we don't want to deal with or maybe we don't want to surrender to things that had held us captive. Maybe we don't want to uh, deal with the fact that we might have said something to slander another family member. Are we ready to give an account for every word and every action? Examine yourself and ask yourself, what would you be, innocent or guilty? But see, here comes our Redeemer. Here comes perfect love. Here he comes to cast it all out. Here he comes to set us free from the law. Here he comes to set us free from our own imprisonment. Cuz through our faith, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, declares our salvation by his blood. And his blood makes us innocent in the book of life. Praise God for that, huh? Cuz God knows we can't do it on our own. That's why we need him, y'all. That's why we come before him. That's why we dedicate this time to him. That's why we fast. Lord, we need you. We need more of you. We're going to spend time with you for the next 21 days. We have to set this time apart. We have to dedicate this time. We have to show him because guess what, guys? He relentlessly shows us. Why why shouldn't we take 42 days out of a year to dedicate time to him? So I'm going to bring this to a close. What truly contaminates a person is not what he puts into his mouth, but what comes out of his mouth. That's what makes people defiled. That's, that's what Matthew chapter 15, verse 11 says. Pay attention to what you feed yourself, not food. Enjoy all the fog of the child you can. But pay attention to what you're putting in. What are you intaking? Right? Jesus, Jesus made a point with the Pharisees in, in this where they were trying to carry on their own opinions their own ways about what defiles a person see jesus said you can't defile through the mouth by eating because it just passes through what remains defiled is what stays within so what do you put it in what are you what are you reading what kind of music do you listen to what's your source of entertainment Start checking each one of these things, y'all. Try one thing at a time. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't, don't, don't put on Christian music. Watch only Christian shows and preach in and, and, um, and only read the Bible. That, that's, that's, that's not practical, right? That's not reality for us. I do encourage you to aim in that direction as much as you can because you're going to grow in that. You're going to get filled in that. That's, that's what is going to come from within, not the defilement. So let me give you all some next steps. Check your circle of influence. Who are you influencing? Are you influencing your kids? Are you influencing your co- coworkers? Are you influencing your neighbors? Are you influencing your family? Who? Who's influencing you? Is it some football superstar? Is it some musician? Or is it Jesus? Is it that person that loves you so much that he laid his life down for you so that you can be freed from the law, so that you can be freed from your own prison? Who's influencing you? Are you selective with that, or are you careless with that? Judge only by the standards that you wish to be judged. Don't be caught in the method of judgment that's not the standard that you live by. It kind of hits home. I have high expectations in my household. <laughs> And I think my wife and my kids will be the first to tell you that. And it's not because I want to be hard on them. It's not because I'm frustrated with them. It's not because they don't make me proud. But I know that I'm the priest in my home. And I know that if I don't set the standard, if I'm not willing to do the things that I expect them to do, then who am I to judge? So let me challenge y'all with something. Start small. Change your language. Pastor Monty challenged me earlier this year. Not that I was cussing like a sailor or anything crazy like that. That was B.C. days. That was my construction days. But, (laughs) y'all, it's easy to be influenced when you work in an industrial field where people don't know the Lord. Or if they do know the Lord, they don't care to show it. They're embarrassed, whatever it is. So you start to pick up little tidbits. You know, you start to compromise a little bit. You, you, you slip in some of the lesser evils, as I call them. And before you know it, you just freely speak them in front of your pastor, in front of your kids, <laughs> in front of whoever. Because you don't realize that those things attach themselves to you. And you don't realize that that just becomes a part of who you are, right? Even if it doesn't really define who you are. So, I challenge you, watch your language. Not just the words that come out of your mouth, but how you speak to someone. Because you could eliminate a whole vocabulary of words that the rest of the world identifies with as cussing. But if that demeanor, if that, if that thing that's within that's defiling you starts to come out, it's just as wicked. It's just as evil. So be very careful when you choose your words, guys. Be very careful of your presentation. Take five if you got to. Check yourself. Check your motives. Check your attitude. Check how you're presenting yourself and ask yourself, would I want someone to present themselves like that to me? And then how would I act? Right. Let me say a prayer of blessing before we close this out. Lord, shine a light in every dark corner of our hearts. Expose the things that are defiling us. Give us that sweet conviction, Lord, so that we can change it. And then give us the encouragement to speak life to speak truth to speak wisdom to speak you give us that boldness give us that encouragement we love you jesus in jesus name